Niall, you said that you would introduce us to somebody who was presenting at the conference over the weekend. I know it's about the red grouse, so can you begin by telling us what a red grouse is? The, the red grouse is a bird that you find particularly in areas where you get heather. Its whole life revolves around heather. It's a, a member of the same family as the chickens, actually, and in fact, the, the old Irish name for it is, is the heather chicken. Uh, it's a bird that is the colour of heather, so a lovely sort of mottled, russet red, um, and they have a, this red wattle over each eye. It's actually a sort of inflated skin that they puff up with blood. Uh, so this is a bird that most people won't encounter unless you're in those habitats, and even when you're walking there, the first sight you get of them is sometimes if you flush one up, it flies away. They have this amazing call that sort of go, go back, go back, go back when they fly away from you and that's the best way you'd spot them. Not an easy bird to research though because I could think I can count on the fingers of, well not one hand, two hands maybe, the amount of times I've encountered red grouse in the wild when out bird watching. So to actually research them would take a lot of time, a lot of patience, a lot of effort and one person who's done all of that is Grace Walsh who joins me now. Grace is a researcher, a PhD student indeed at UCD and she's been studying Ireland's red grouse populations and also comparing them to the, the population of the same species found in Britain, different genetic indicators, different habitat requirements and so on. Um, so I'm keen to talk to more about one of my favourite birds. Grace, what's, what's your research about? So my research was on the conservation genomics of red grouse. So the red grouse population in Ireland, it's quite small and endangered. But um, in Britain, they have a much larger population and some of the populations are, are quite healthy. So people have um, suggested you could carry out translocations from Britain to Ireland. But this can have certain genetic consequences. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to look at the genetic consequences of what that might be. I know there's been some discussion over the years as to whether the Irish form of red grouse is a a unique race or subspecies or whatever you want to call it, genetically distinct and ecologically distinct perhaps from the British birds. Has your research borne any of that out and is there any implications I suppose for the introduction of British birds to boost our population as a result? Yeah so it's actually interesting because it was last year that I think a paper came out that suggested and now it's been pretty much taken up that red grouse on both islands so on the British Isles are now classified as their own species. They're no longer a subspecies of the willow grouse. But regarding the, the Irish population, we certainly did find that they were um, differentiated from the British population, particularly in their immune response, their pigmentation, and also to food intake and energy control. But to actually classify them as their own subspecies within that, I think there would need to be a bit more work done. But um, they certainly are differentiated. And then that is what can have consequences if you were to introduce British birds. For example, just for the pigmentation. In Britain, grouse tend to live on these kind of managed heather moorlands that are very br- vibrant and they're very bright in colour. Whereas in Ireland, the habitat tends to, it tends to have a higher concentration of grasses, so it's a bit duller. And as red grouse are prey species, they need to be able to camouflage into their environment. And if you're introducing then British birds that are adapted to that different environment, and they're adapted to camouflage into that different environment, into the Irish population, they can breed and pass on their genes for, let's say, the wrong colour. And then that can affect, it's called outbreeding depression, and then that can affect the, those populations in Ireland. Speaking of this outbreeding depression and, and the genetic legacy of these British birds introduced from, from the island of Britain, are you seeing that they are leaving a genetic legacy? Are you finding traces of these in red grass populations across the country? So what we did, we had um, some museum samples and they were from around 1880 and we found no legacy of British birds in those. For the Irish population, the contemporary Irish population, we did find a legacy. The, um, we found 30 to 40% 
of it's called admixture so of kind of mixing in um, one bird that was on the Tipperary and Waterford border so in the Knockmeal Downs and another bird in Wicklow so that does indicate that there has been some recent introductions um, I couldn't really say when but um, so there is that legacy there although there is also anecdotal evidence and previous red grouse studies haven't found a legacy and there's anecdotal evidence that the red grouse brought over from Britain don't do as well in Ireland but I didn't look at that specifically yet so, but it seems that way. You mentioned there that the evidence is pointed to the fact that the red grouse of Britain and Ireland is a, a, a unique species in its own right as opposed to the, the willow grouse which is found across much of the, the northern hemisphere. Uh, that famously of course turns white in winter, our red grouse does not. Um, but So does that mean therefore that we should I suppose respect this species more, it's more important the population to have here because this species all of a sudden it's much scarcer than we would have thought? Yeah definitely and it's really important to, to define what the, the units for conservation are and to try and um, preserve as much biodiversity, including the genetic aspect of that, as much as possible. And, and finally, um, redgrass populations in Ireland compared to those in Britain, how are they faring on each island? So the, the data I have for the redgrass in Ireland, it comes from 2004 to 2008. And that shows there's about 2,200 pairs. But there was a survey carried out last year. I don't have the results for it yet, but that will um, that'll be a much better update. And then in Britain, there's about 265,000 pairs. Something to follow up then on the programme. Look forward to hearing more, so please do keep in touch with us. Great, thank you very much. Thanks, Grace and Niall. And you can find a link to the abstract of Grace's work on our website, rte.ie forward slash 